This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Kia ora koutou, no mai haere mai, welcome to Kickstart Your Ride with Ride Forever. Ko Taranaki te maunga, ko kiriho te awa, no ngamo tuahou. Ke ACC ahe e mahiana. Ke Regional Injury Prevention Partner, Taku Turanga Mahi. Ko Riley McGregor toku ingoa. My name's Riley McGregor, and I am born and raised here in Taranaki. I am currently employed as the Regional Injury Prevention Partner for ACC in Taranaki and Wanganui, based in New Plymouth, and I'm excited to be hosting Kickstart Your Ride with Ride Forever, a series of shows where I get to speak to riders about their bikes, gear, attitudes, and the Ride Forever course. Before I get started with my guest today, I wanted to provide you, the listeners, with some background information about Ride Forever, an ACC initiative aimed at giving riders sound information and access to training so they can make better choices. Ride Forever was first established in 2009 when it was identified that motorcycle sales were once again booming after a slower period through the 90s. What this resulted in was many more riders on the road who lacked recent riding experiences, therefore crashes, injuries and fatalities were all rising rapidly. It was also realised that conventional safety messaging and programmes did not resonate with the majority of riders. Motorcyclists accept the risks that came along with their passion. What this has evolved into is a world's first, a nationally available, officially certified advanced rider training program that has proven to reduce the incidence of riders having a crash by 27% and the associated claims cost by 45%. In other words, Ride Forever trained riders crash less often and the crashes they do have are on average less severe. Ride Forever coaches riders across the country to get the most out of their ride with more confidence, control and enjoyment. Cool, so today I've got my guest Ross Grayson from Two Ball Bikers, um, one of the Ride Forever trainers here up in Taranaki. Um, g'day Ross, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. How you doing? Oh, I'm good today, thanks. A uh, bit wet today in Taranaki, but people hopefully still getting out on their bikes. Um, real cool. I want to kick off with a little bit about you, Ross. What makes sure. you riding motorcycles? Oh, look, I think the first time I jumped on a motorcycle, I was 12 years old. And uh, it was me and my mate had picked up his brother's battered old uh, Suzuki ER185. Uh, and we spent a whole summer just noodling around and doing that. And for the first three weeks, it didn't even work. We'd push it to the top of a hill and we'd ride it down. And um, I mean, admittedly, it wasn't necessarily great for learning to ride, but we got bloody fit doing it. That's for sure. <laughs> and it was, it was for there. And then I spent time riding around on farm bikes and dirt bikes, as you do. And uh, I've just loved it from the moment I got on it. You know, it's great. Yeah, cool. So how long have you been riding, I guess, uh, road bikes and out, out on the road? So you said you're on dirt bikes and stuff. How long have you been on, on motorcycles out on the road? Yeah, so I've been on road bikes for, well, coming up on about 35 to 37 years now. Yeah. Old enough that it starts to be a little <laughs> bit of a, a 
miasma as we look back at it. But uh, yeah, it's been a while. Cool, cool. And I, I imagine you've probably owned a fair few bikes over that over that thirty-five year period. Uh, do you, off the top of your head, you know how many you've owned? Ah, uh, let me do a little quick count up there. <laughs> About 12. 12? Yeah. I, I tend to be a bit of a serial monogamist, so I'll keep a bike for a decent length of time and then move on to something else. I've never been a big fan of having a whole bunch of bikes in the garage that you don't ride. You know? Yep. <laughs> yep. So, how many do you currently own? Uh, currently, my main work bike I've got uh, is a Suzuki V Strom 1050 XT. Um, we have a whole heap of training bikes that we have that we use for clients and things, but tend to try and keep us just on the one bike. The registration is not cheap. So, yeah. and to be honest, the, the V-Strom was always one of my favorite bikes growing up when they came out anyway. And uh, <laughs> you know, quite enjoyed it when I could finally get, and I'm on my third one now. We tend to wear them out quite quickly. So, but yeah. they're great. Yeah, cool. Cool. Is, it, is there any bike that you've, you've sold that you just wish you hadn't? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of my first on-road bikes way back in the day was a, a, a CB400 Honda. And uh, I bought it off a mate. Actually, I bought it from mate's dad. And he'd gone off to work in Russia and left this thing in the garage. And he'd done it up. And uh, it was one of those, it was a little bit of a character bike. You know, the first time I rode it, the petrol tank fell apart and all the fuel fell out. Um, he left it sitting so long that it all rusted through at the bottom. <laughs> so there was a quite a lot of kind of learning about bikes by having to take it apart and put it back together again and I just love that bike and uh, I got rid of it when I moved on to another one and I never should have I should, you know that's one of those it's like you never forget your first love that was the first love you know? yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> what, what, what made that bike so special for, to you Ross well, why did you why do you wish you still had it well that was one of my first kind of road going bikes so well not on road legal Going <laughs> yeah. and um it was just that sense of you can go anywhere you want you can do anything you like um and it was it was a little bit old and it was a little bit crappy and it had a lot of character and it was just fun it was fun to ride you know yeah. it was just awesome it was ugly as sin it had you know, <laughs> mismatching petrol tank and side covers with different colors but it doesn't matter in the end, it was about the way it made me feel when I wrote it. I don't really care what it looked like for anyone else. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you kind of always go now looking for that same feeling when you jump on another bike. Is it going to give me that same, you know, sense of, oh, this is the one, you know, yeah. the first time you get on it. Oh, very cool. Very cool. That leads actually really well into my next question. What is the best part of riding for you? What do you get? What, what's the best part of riding motorbikes? You've been doing it for so long now. Everything. Everything. <laughs> that's, that's a really big statement. But for me, riding a motorcycle is the closest I think we'll ever come to the joy of unaided flight. You know, when you're sitting on a bike, everything's happening around you. There are no barriers between you and the world. You know, if it's hot, you're hot. If it's cold, you're cold. If it's raining, you're wet. And the wind's in your face and you can smell this, the smell of the environment that you're in. And it's a completely freeing experience, you know? Um, you could almost argue it's almost zen because you can completely focus on the task of riding and generally you can zone out everything else. 
So you can, you know, very rarely in life can we just focus down on one thing. But I think we're on a motorcycle. It's a situation we have to. But, you know, that's really freeing moment because you can't just focus on riding the bike. Yeah. So that's the best part for me. Yeah, cool. Cool. Um, where do you normally ride? How often are you riding? And, and what's your... Obviously, you're an instructor, so are you riding outside of when you're taking classes? Or, yeah, tell us about that. Well, to be fair, I ride six days a week, eight hours a day. So, and I've got four kids. So when and I have a day off, not necessarily allowed out too much, you know. My wife's very good at giving me a list of jobs that need to be done. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you take one off the bottom and then add two more to the top. But, um, so, you know, we do... all sorts of licensing so we do the basic handings and the cbtas and the ride forever and the one-on-one coaching and so my riding playground is anywhere from you know north of fielding kind of mungaweka area and all of the north island from there down so you know we go all over the place we love playing and playing in the wider upper we love playing on the Kapiti coast i've got a kind of special place in my heart for the kind of Taranaki, Whanganui, kind of Manawatu areas because you're just spoiled for choice when it comes to great roads to go and play on. So, you know, there's all sorts of places we can go. We do go everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and having been, I mean, I've been a prof- an instructor for 10 years now. And so we kind of, you're always looking for the road you've never ridden because it's so hard to find the road you've never ridden after you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. So we're always kind of, let's just turn right here and see what happens, you know? Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, Ross, you've been, you mentioned just before the break that you've been an instructor for, for 10 years. Um, is that always with Ride Forever or how, what was your involvement with Ride Forever? Can you get, yeah, give us a bit of background on your history there. Sure. So we were, we've been involved with Ride Forever for about eight years now. And we were one of the first companies to, to get a contract to provide the service, which is the Ride Forever program. So we've had a little bit of input over the years um, in workshops and things, helping to kind of meld the, the program a little bit. Um, but we've kind of seen it all, done it all. You know, we see every different strata of life come through. It's great. So we were originally involved probably about a year after we started um, the company. Cool, cool. So when you originally started the company, what was the purpose of it there? Was it just CBTA or what were you doing there? And then obviously Ride Forever as you went, how did that sort of evolve? Yeah, sure. Uh, So Stuart and I started the business back in, well, we're kind of talking about it in 2012 and become incorporated in 2013. And what it was is that, you know, as riders, we were sick of seeing friends go out and not come home. Yeah, and that's a, a fairly kind of emotive statement to make. But what we found is we'd gone through and done a whole bunch of advanced training just for ourselves, and we'd realised the the benefit and the huge change that it made to not just what we did on the road, but how we perceived what happened on the road. And looking at that was one of those epiphanous moments where you go, "Well, I can be part of the problem, or I can be part of the solution." So we decided to be part of the solution. So that's when we cool. started out. And um, things worked out quite nicely. I and mean, when we started out, there was just Stuart and I, and we were doing basic handlings. We had one crappy old GN125. <laughs> um, 
and we've slowly built up from there to being one of the larger providers around now. So that's really quite cool. Um, over time, then we expanded out to doing the CBTA, so the restricted and full license tests, and then was probably about 18 months, two years down the track when we got into the Ride Forevers. Um, we had been individually, we'd done some work with other providers, um, providing the courses for them. Um, but then we were luckily enough to secure our own contract, and that was uh, that was all on from there. It was great. Cool. Cool. Well, you, you touched on the CBTA there. Um, for anybody that's out there that's thinking about getting a license or maybe has just got the license, um, could you explain how Ride Forever sort of impacts on the driver licensing program or how it, how it supports people get through that um, system? Yeah, sure. So around 2014, 2015, um, NZCA brought out the uh, CBTA program, the, the competency-based training and assessment as a separate pathway to be able to get your motorcycle license and to get it a little bit quicker. So rather than going to uh, say a VTNZ or an AA and sitting a standard test where you're followed by a testing officer in a car um, who may or may not know how to ride a motorcycle, but I probably <laughs> should go into that. Um, you're followed by an advanced motorcycle instructor who is assessing everything you do from the moment you get on the bike to the moment you get off the bike. Um, so from our point of view, it's a much more honest way of doing things. Uh, the instructor is, or the assessor, sorry, is in the moment with you. So they're doing the same things you're doing. They're experiencing the same environment that you are. Um, and so we can lead a little bit more understanding of what's going on. Cool. Now, the way that the Ride Forever program fits in with that is that competency-based training and assessment, the Ride Forever program forms or can form a large chunk of the training for that so a bronze ride forever course um, we're not just trying to make you a better rider which we absolutely are but we're also giving you all the tools you need to be able to successfully pass a, a cbta um, restricted assessment likewise on a silver course we're taking the same basic knowledge base but we're going to expand on that go a little bit deeper a little bit further um, and we're going to get you up to the standard where you can set the full license assessment and have no problems so the ride forever was developed in conjunction with nzta so that the two kind of things do meld in together really well fantastic fantastic and you were obviously part of that design process from the beginning so that's pretty pretty amazing um pretty close <laughs> pretty close cool Two-wheel bikers, obviously, you're based uh, down the Wellington region, but you obviously cover all the way up, like you mentioned, Wanganui, Taranaki. So can, yeah. can you give our listeners a bit of a run-through of exactly where you guys cover and, and how that works? Because that's a big space for you and Stu to look after. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, is. it is. So we've got a subcontractor in Taranaki who do some, does some work for us. So that's Ian Lanfear from Lanfear uh, Rider and Driver Training. Cool. Fantastic guy knows his stuff like no one else. Um, really affable, friendly. You couldn't ask for a better guy. So he does all of our stuff in um, the wider New Plymouth, kind of that area of the Tatanaki area. Yep. Um, so we do stuff around the Whanganui, um, Manawatu area, and we are based out of Manfield Track and Fielding. Fielding. So in there, we've partnered in with the National Driver Training Centre. So we do all of all of the courses that we do, so the bronze, silver, gold courses, CBTAs, basic handlings, we do all of that out of Manfield, which is quite fun. So, you know, 
great to come along and do a ride for of course and do your emergency braking training on the manfield backtrack you know yeah it's pretty cool uh, but we also go out into the wider areas so we you know we'll run courses now and then we'll head off into the you know mungawekas and we'll go up a little bit further into it so if you are in a more out out of the way area we'll try and get out to you as quickly or as often as we can Fantastic. But anything south of Taranaki, well, anything south of New Plymouth, and we've got you covered. Awesome. That's great. Um, Ross is going to give us a bit of a rundown now of the Ride Forever courses and what you can expect when you sign up to a different course. There's bronze, which is $20 for an eight-hour um, full-day course, and then silver and gold courses at $50 for a whole-day course. It's a, it's a pretty impressive um, and cost-effective way to get better and stay upright on your bike. Um, so, Ross... Can you tell our listeners just a, uh, about what they could expect when they sign up to a bronze course? Sure. So bronze course is designed for in newer riders or people who are maybe coming back to it and they haven't ridden for a few years. So what you can expect, you're going to turn up. Um, we're going to get you to fill out some forms because there's no such thing as a free, free lunch. So <laughs> we'll fill out some forms and then we're going to have a little bit of a chat so what most of our courses we tend to run outside so we've got a presentation that will kind of stay in our bike stay around our bikes and we'll have a bit of a chat so we're going to talk a little bit about gear we're going to have talk a little bit about you know how we're going to take care of ourselves on the road how we're going to keep ourselves as a group you know uh, safe and 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 sound We'll have a look at the bikes. We're going to have a look at, you know, how do we set the bike up? How does the bike fit for purpose? Are you fit for purpose? And how does that all work? Um, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the more basic competencies, things that you're going to need to know to be able to pass that CBTA. And then from there, everything we do is going to be delivered on road. So we don't go off and play in car parks for our most part. We're not going to go off and play around cones. We've got two uh, kind of overreaching um, goals and one is that you know we're going to teach you whatever we do is fit for purpose so whatever we're going to teach you is something you're going to use on a public road not something you're not going to use on a public road and the other side of that is it's going to be delivered in context so when we do low speed maneuvering we're going to do it in the context of what you're going to have to do on a road so u-turns and cul-de-sacs and those kind of things so you know trying to hit all of those marks on a bronze course of the things that make you most nervous, you know, maneuvering my bike at low speed when I'm a new rider, well, even when I'm an old rider, that can be one of those you know, a little bit disturbing things. So if we can give you a few hints and tips to make that easy, then we will, you know, having a look at what are the licensed standard competencies, things you need to be doing to do in order to pass that license easily. So we'll cover all of those. Predominantly on a bronze course, we're going to focus on kind of urban and, and just outside of urban environments. So 50, 60, 70 K zones. Um, we'll do a little bit of uh, higher speed zone stuff, but that's not necessarily the focus of the day. And to be honest, by the time you get to the end of that day, you're going to be pretty much fried because eight hours is a long time to learn, yeah. but it's all good stuff. So we'll finish off the day. We'll have a bit of a debrief of what's happened. Now, realizing on any of the courses you come along, you're going to be fitting intercoms to your helmet. So as we go through the day, it's a dialogue. It's a conversation. So we'll be talking about what we're doing and why we're doing it and what you're doing. If there's something that we need to give you some coaching on, we'll try and do our best to give you the coaching at the moment when it happens so that it's the most effective way of kind of dealing with anything we see. Cool. Um, and then at the end of the day, we'll take the comms off. We'll have a bit of a chat give you a lovely certificate and a badge to put on your jacket, take a group photo and send you on your way. 
but we'll, by that time, we'll, we will have let you know how you stack up in terms of are you ready for your assessment? Are you not ready for your assessment? And if you're not ready, what are the things you need to do to be able to be ready? So it's kind of, yeah, there's going to be some homework, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's time. a great day. And if you don't laugh at least four times, we're not doing a job right. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Um, and you touched earlier that the silver course sort of builds on the bronze and the silver course is also to try and get you to that full sort of uh, full license level. So, so how does that differ, I guess, or what would you expect to see differences um, when someone, if I've done a bronze course, I'm now going to sign up for a silver course. What, what am I going to see? What's different? Sure. So in the silver course, we're going to have a little bit more of an in-depth look at what you're doing with your bike in terms of your mechanical inputs and maybe even like your suspension setup. Is the bike, you know, you're starting to get a bit more experience as a rider now, or you're coming back to riding. So that silver course is not just for I'm getting ready for my full, but it's also I maybe had my license when I was in my twenties going to uni and now the kids have all left home and I've decided to go and buy a bike again. So I'm just getting back into it, but I don't just want to jump on it and go for it. Yeah. So you know, we've got that aspect of we've got riders coming up and riders coming back. But the big thing here is that we're going to focus predominantly on some more challenging things. So higher speed roads, necessarily more more challenging curves. You know, in Wellington, we talk about, you know, uphills and downhills because you can't get out of Wellington without going uphill or downhill. Yep. Um, likewise, around Taranaki, you've got the same kind of things. <laughs> so it's, you know, giving you a few more tools in the toolbox to be able to handle those more challenging conditions or those things that, that the what ifs, you know? Yeah. Um, we're going to go, I, I like to say that if a bronze course is a helicopter view, you know, because we cover a lot of stuff, but we don't necessarily go too deep on things. Um, silver course is going to be a little bit more of a deep dive, you know, we're going to go a little bit deeper and drill a little bit more into why are we doing what we're doing? What are we trying to think here? What are we trying to achieve? So it's a little bit more of an analytical approach to what you're doing. But it's going to absolutely start filling up your toolbox. So the analogy I use is that, you know, think of a, a, a builder, you know. Now, his first day at tech when he starts his apprenticeship, he's handed his apprentice toolkit, you know, and that's got your hammer and your nails. Oh, well, you know spirit level this plumb bob and i'm sure there's all sorts of cool stuff there nowadays but the bronze course is about giving you your apprentice toolkit it's giving you enough stuff to get the job done and to get you where you need to go when we start getting into the silver course then we're going to start giving you a few more kind of specialist tools for specialist tasks cool that makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense that's a, yeah really analogy that's really excellent no, thank you right well there is still one more course the gold course so you've you've got your full license now you'd assume um obviously it's not just for the for the uh, licensing process so you might get some people that have been riding for 30 years what what can they expect yeah. if they come on a, on a gold course um a rider, what's someone going to expect so the great thing about a gold course is that we don't have necessarily a fixed curriculum for the day so we will tailor make it to what you need it to be. So we'll, we'll poll the, the group at the beginning of the day and say, well, what do you want to get out of today? Have you come with a, a specific need or desire or question? And what, what, you know? And we might have someone say, well, I really want to work on my low speed control work. Well, okay. 
And then someone else says, I want to work on my high-speed curves. And someone else says, oh, I really want to work on my emergency braking because I just want to get awesome at that. Well, that's three things that will then build into the, what we're going to do for the day. Or, you know, I've had people say, well, I want to do emergency braking, but I want to do emergency braking in the context of a longer ride. Because, you know, it's, it's all one well and good. Say, hey, let's do some 100K stops and get you really nailing your emergency braking. But if you're fresh at the beginning of the day, that's going to be a completely different exercise to, hey, let's do it after I've made your ride 250K. You know? <laughs> yeah. So we can have a look at what the group wants and then tailor make for that. Now, I would say in terms of that, we have a bronze, a silver, and a gold level courses. But you don't necessarily think, I've done one bronze, then I'll do a silver, then I'll do a gold. Um, I really encourage people to say, okay, because it's, it's almost impossible to absorb everything that's said in the course on that day. Now, we'll give you some notes to take home and all that fun stuff, but, you know, I really encourage people, come along, do a bronze course, but, you know, maybe do one or two and keep coming until you've sucked the marrow out of the bones of that one, you know, and yeah. then come up to the next one because you, you'll get a much better outcome from the next level of training if you've already nailed the first level, you know? Yeah. So you can, and so I encourage people, you know, if you're a fully licensed rider, you've been riding 30 years and they come along and do a gold course, go, woohoo, that was awesome. So then come along and do a silver course and let's see where you stand in terms of the license standard, because that can be a little bit more of an entertaining prospect. So it's that, <laughs> you know, you could think of it as, you know, ACC will gladly pay for you to do two Ride Forever courses every year or only requirement is that they're three months apart now if you did a bronze a silver and a gold course every year as an experienced rider you think okay well gold course is about that you know advanced skill-based stuff i'm kind of getting better all the time where my silver course is that yearly warrant of fitness you know you know how do i stack up against the license standard and or just against all of those you know, standard competencies and things that, you know, you'd expect every rider to know, but sometimes that expectation could be erroneous because, you know, if you've taught yourself, how do you know what you need to know? Yeah. You know, or you just ride with your mates and it becomes a little bit of an echo chamber where we all just reinforce, you know, but the big thing about all of these courses is you're not coming along for someone to, to stand up and yell at you and tell you're doing everything wrong, you know? Yeah. My best day is when I can just encourage people and go, great, you're doing an awesome job. Let's try this. That was fantastic. Let's try this. Let's do that. And you know, have a look and say, well, actually, you, you're doing really, really well. Because one thing I've identified is that, and this is kind of my mantra, and it's a little bit of our company ethos, you can never be as good as you want, but you can always be better than you are. Yeah. Oh, cool. I like that. That's yeah, yeah. Need to advertise that more, Ross. That's a that's a fantastic saying. That's a great one. Hey, look, we're, we're nearly at the end there. I've got one last question for you before I let you go. Um, and it's sort of thinking back to where we started the conversation when you first got on on that on that bike. If you could give that person, that Ross, back then one piece of advice, what would that be? Buy a new petrol tank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the best advice would be never stop learning. Cool. never get so full of yourself that you think that there's nothing you can learn um, because all experience is good experience whether it was a good outcome or not can be discussed but you can always learn and the moment you kind of have that mindset where you can keep always learning then you're always striving to be better you know good enough is not good enough 
Yeah. Oh, that's a great thing to, for our listeners to take away, though. Probably applies to all things in life, not just motorcycles. But Oh, yeah. That, life lessons from learning to ride a motorcycle. That's what you yeah. want. Brilliant. No, hey, thanks. Hey, thanks for your time today, Ross. It's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. If you want to learn more about uh, Ride Forever, head along to the website, www.rideforever.co.nz or along to our Ride Forever Facebook page. Um, and if you want if you want to sign up with, with Ross Stu or, or up here in Taranaki with Ian, um, you can you can access that through the Ride Forever website and look up the two bull bikers there. So um, Good luck to everyone out there on their journey. Thanks again for your time today, Ross, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. No, my pleasure. Awesome, thanks. Thank you for listening to today's show. I trust you enjoyed hearing from our guest about their motorcycling journey, experiences, and the Ride Forever course. If you want to listen to this show or any of the others in the Kickstart Your Ride with Ride Forever series, visit Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the Access Radio Taranaki website. To register yourself or a family member for a Ride Forever course, or just to learn more about Ride Forever, please head to our websites at www.rideforever.co.nz. You can also visit the Ride Forever Facebook page to keep up to date with all information and promotions. Thanks for listening. Kaki te. This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air.